welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. And still in the saddle is me, Matt, because Adam is apparently getting his master's in fathering this afternoon or something and is unavailable. But luckily, Ben is here. Hi there, Ben. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm not too bad. I hear you've sort of upgraded yourself in fathering and are now able to do the alphabet puzzle. I did do the alphabet puzzle successfully just before we were on, just before we got on air. I had a bit of trouble with N because I couldn't find it, but then it turned out the N was just sitting on the puzzle of the train. So I found it and I have... I've completed the alphabet puzzle. Obviously, I'm not as good a father as Adam because I'm not an experienced father, but, you know, I can do an alphabet puzzle for whatever that counts for. Fair enough, fair enough. And joining me as well is Ant, Ryan, rounding out the chair. How are you doing, Ant? I wonder if I should be offended that you called me round, but it's no, good to be here. I'm fair. I was in round, round, whatever. <laughs> if you want to take offense at it, I mean... Nah, I'm fine. Look, I put it in the way. Ed, you're in the tight five podcast today. Like, yeah. you don't, like, where's like round? Don't offend us. Yeah. That's what I was about to say is Matt's love for props. If anything, that's a, a term of endearment more exactly, than anything. Exactly, because we, yeah. we'll get into that later, I think, as well, when we discuss the one piece of news, the one you brought up earlier, Ant. We'll t- get into that, the beanpole. But first, I want to bring up because just before we started recording um, we were discussing our fantasy league and can you guys guess which international coach is clearly not a fan of fantasy rugby probably Eddie Jones he's a bit of a miserable prick fuck you nailed it in one Ben (laughs) so apparently Eddie Jones is calling for the end of what he deems an archaic rule and that is that rugby teams need to put out their team sheets 48 hours before the match oh that's that's very wet blanket you yeah because apparently he was super un- unhappy that he's like i don't know what the word is but he because he had to he was he put out a 6-2 bench this weekend and he was not jazzed that he had to do it two two whole days before the match and let them know it was coming I would know what, what are the regulations around last-minute changes? Because you see sometimes, I mean, often there's medically re- medical reasons that they do adjust. Yeah, but think, sometimes it's but, but, like they just remember there was a, there was that one. Like, the Lions did once all the, the time. The Lions put out their team like on like it was like twelve hours before the game or something. Yeah, the Lions did come out like, late once. Yeah. Put out the like team. Deliberately they do. So it must be because obviously they're not going to say no. You they they can't have like a. A penalty in them you know they can't say oh you release your team late you're starting five points down or whatever or you're not allowed to play you're not allowed to play for, for like every hour after after the 48 hour deadline you're not allowed to play for x a number of like five minutes five minutes or something yeah you're not allowed to play for a minute for every hour you miss the deadline by or something yeah so like it's a good solid like 40 minutes where the guys are just gunning against you and you just have to stand there <laughs> But but, but th- theoretically, though, it's like playing, you know, it's like on, I'm sure we ordered this when we were like t- uh, seven or eight years old. You know, you play and you're like, oh, I'm going to try to break like a record here. So you say I'm going to be both controllers on the PlayStation game or yeah. whatever. And then you realize, and then you just kind of drop the one and you just dick on them with the other. But then you realize you actually need the other team to restart the game. Yeah, they have to move at least every <laughs> now and then. They've got to kick off again. <laughs> 
So, so no matter, so matter how long there, I mean, I guess it's probably there's probably like a theoretical, because there must be some sort of penalty if you don't take your kick off in X amount of time. No, there's no sport. and then yeah, they've got. No, a, it'll be a short time probably. Yeah. And then they've got a yeah, pack down for a scrum, which they never get to. Yeah, so, pack down for a scrum, and then there'll be some sort of. So you probably will only be able to kind of score a try every sort of three minutes or something. No, I reckon I don't longer. Know, I think it was, I think I think it would be close. There was to a like... case study when that happened. Remember, it was like one of the Durban schools. I think it was playing. I, I think maybe Grey Bloom, but like after they were like 18 0 down, they just stopped playing. They just sat on the field, and the final score was like 250 0 or something. So like, based on that, using that as the case study, you know, we could probably work out what your scoring rate per minute is. Maybe that. Maybe you just, the ref. The ref just gets. The ref just. I would guess probably 90 seconds is the amount of time you have to take a penalty, okay? Yeah. Because that's what the kicker has. Yeah. So correct, yeah. Okay, so say say they, they score. Say they theoretically score in zero seconds, just for the sake of this example. Yeah. If then they get the kickoff. They'll Imagine get losing the kickoff 90 seconds before they get a, a short arm. It's just 90 seconds each time or the short arm because yeah because no but i don't know it depends what the not taking the kickoff penalty is if it's a scrum or if it's a short arm yeah because then they've got to choose as well don't they i don't know um because yeah. Yeah, they could go tap and go maybe the ref just calls it like okay cool the kickoff is that he just places the ball like on the in the middle of the 50 meter line and then blows the whistle and then you got to run from like maybe. 10 meters out and scoop it up <laughs> Maybe the, maybe the ref would do one of, you know, like an Aussie rules where they bounce the ball on the floor. <laughs> maybe. Oh, God, imagine you fuck it up there and you kick it out. And the other team has to now do a throw-in for the line-out. <laughs> a line-out and you got to wait there, yeah. <laughs> and you're just standing there yeah. and the ball's just like placed on the ground on the line-out and you've got to wait for it. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I think playing against no one could be a bit more frustrating than you think. Yeah, like, just... yeah you have to play fully by the rules, yeah. No, and then, and then you could just see, you no, know, like the props will try like a midfield switch or some shit and just knock it on, and then what? <laughs> like it's their scrub, so like they just have to wait for what another. You see, like. Yeah, no, because that's the thing. Oh, God, this is going to be a nightmare. I'm glad we don't have to do it just yet, but if Eddie Jones gets his way, we'll never get to see this. Um, yeah, to, to be honest, I'm not. Um, I'm not horribly opposed to this. Look, I, I think it would be it would be it would be quite interesting. But also, Eddie Jones is acting like he's fucking got a bag of tricks when really all he does is copy Rusty about six months late. Well, that's um, the thing. Like everyone's like everyone pointed out that the only reason he's gone with the six two is because Proudfoot's there. Like was probably sitting exactly. in the pub later in the evening one day. I remember I remember playing a six two and Jones is like, really? Tell me more. Stro- stroking his chin. <laughs> well, you know, he he did he did he tried to do the move. Yeah. Oh, true. Fuck. Do you think Proudfoot just like he just listens to Proudfoot's pub stories? I think I think he tried the move before Proudfoot was even there. Okay, no fair. No, no, he was there. It was he because Proudfoot left like at the start of the year before the Six Nations. Yeah, Proudfoot like essentially left just after World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, do you think the six-two works for England? Like. Because the whole the reason why the sixty was interesting for us is that we didn't play two flanks, we played two locks, which is unusual. Where England still playing two locks, we're just putting in there because they've got a ton of really good loose forwards. 
they're just loading up to these forwards, in which case yeah. it's just, that's the same 6 2 been done for the last 20 years. It's not a special one. Yeah. Like, I guess sort of the... The, the sort of the theme of Rusty's World Cup in a way was kind of getting the most out of your players, not just sort of on a, on a, what, a psychological level, but just also on a, you know, like we obviously we had fuckloads of good law. We can, you know, utilize that. Yeah. So I, I kind of respect England's way of doing it because locks aren't really their strength because, you know, they're forced to play a blindside at lock. Um, Future Lions captain then, at his blindside. Yeah, but, but yeah, I think I think that's that's why ours was so effective is that a loose forward in the eight, in the seventy fifth minute versus the fifteenth minute is probably not too different, you know. So like you bring on another guy, you're not going to up the work rate significantly. But I, I mean, I was reading an article this morning where they were tracking work rates of various locks, like yeah. involvements per ten minute uh, ten minute block um, for a bunch of locks in the rugby championship now. And you can see there was a very definitive drop, drop off just because, I mean, you know, you're carrying an extra 15, 20 kilos. Yeah. Um, so if you can replace a world-class lock with a world-class lock, you can get a lot more lift out of it than if you replace, you know, I mean, if you replace Michael Hooper, you're not going to get more energy out of whoever you're replacing him with, you know what I mean? And I think well, the, the, you, the do drop get, off you do get, being, but it's, it's obviously it's, it's marginal returns. Yeah. I, I, think yeah. You, I think you're onto it there and where it's like, it's essentially the the sort of your your power to weight ratio in a yeah. way. Yeah. So and then the, like a, a lock obviously has got a lot more weight, so they can generate a lot more power, but for a shorter amount of time because they. Exactly. So, so yeah. replacing means you have higher energy more, whereas you know you replace a loose forward, they're not going to up the energy that much unless you're play, replacing, you know, like a Dwayne with a Yaka Creel or something who's just a completely different player. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I think that's sort of the. Your two, because that was sort of Rusty's kind of thing on the bench. It wasn't really, it wasn't really impact players. It was more just do more of the same. Just do more of the same, yeah. And I think that's where traditional bench thinking is. Okay, say you start with a fetcher, then you bring on someone like Willem Alberts, or you start with someone like Peter Steff, then you bring in someone like Francois Lowe or whatever. You know, you try, you try create a. You know, you, you change it up. But Russia was just like, no, let's fucking continue just thumping them with massive locks. Which makes sense. And yeah. one us a world But I, ironically, ironically, the 6-2 split in the final actually didn't really have much bearing because Lude got injured so early and uh, Bongi got injured so early. Yeah. So, so basically, the 6-2 split was pretty irrelevant. You know, uh, when, when but it at actually... Least... But uh, I guess it was very important. Guess like what fails. Yeah, but also with Genj, yeah. Genj getting injured early, it was nice bringing on the props late. As as Kitsov said, I'll just earn us penalties for the rest of the game. Well, we actually we actually brought on both props very early. I think it was like 43 minutes or something. Yeah, they yeah. always they always I mean, brought that, on yeah, both props. I think the like, whole World Cup they brought on both props every time. Yeah. No, it's it's a good. Oh, oh that's such a, a great sub. It must be such a demoralizing <laughs> thing to see fucking Koch and Kitsov come on. <laughs> yeah, no, Old no, fire and ice like... just coming at you. Fuck. It is. It is. It's, it's such a great lie. Well, because but that that sort of sums it up because it was just sort of it was like unrelenting. It was like no, yeah. we're not gonna. Like we we know this tactic isn't sort of the prettiest or whatever, but we're just gonna hammer away at you, like yeah. deal with it. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Mm. Um, 
Any, anyway, like I don't, I don't mind Eddie Jones as a fan. I really don't think it's isn't gonna. It, what is, isn't it? What football does? They also announce two hours before the match or something, which is what you want. Yeah, but I think, I think they have to. I think you have to announce a squad. Okay, so like a broader whatever, twenty-two players or whatever, and then yeah, and then it. I think you announce your yeah, maybe, but maybe that's what they could do. They could. Sort yeah, of staggered, so they can say, okay, you have to announce a 50-man squad within 48 hours. 24 hours to be fair. It should be like 25 within two days, and then you could pick your 23 from that. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, you yeah. what is 30s men, maybe not now with COVID, but in general, it's like 30, 33 guys at the best of times. So. Yeah. Yeah, but also, also Eddie, Eddie Jones is acting like this isn't like they're just going to find a wing like fucking Diabora and just lurky around, and then suddenly it's like, you know, they pick like half penny on the wing, and you're like, ha finally we can unve- un- unveil our secret 140 kg wing. Like, it's like, it doesn't work like that. It's like they're waiting in the wings. Although, yeah, fuck, I don't know. Nice. <laughs> oh, shit. Just <laughs> wait. Maybe Eddie Jones has someone like that. He's just waiting for this rule change to take advantage of it. They, they had a guy cocking a singer. What's happened to him? Remember they had oh, another shit, yeah. last year, the year yeah, before. Was, they played him against like the nobody teams and he scored a lot and then I've seen him again. Yeah. yeah, but he's a bit of a flat track bully. Like. No, exactly. But he was still talked up inevitably by the British press as the next long move. Because he could run over, like, I don't know who it was. It wasn't even Georgia. It was someone who was, like, the barbarian. Probably Italy. <laughs> the, traditional, <laughs> the traditional whipping boys of the, the Northern Hemisphere game. Traditional speed bump of. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, let's see. After that, let's do a, an official congratulations to Nigel Owens for refereeing his 100th test match this weekend. So top good job, Nigel. Top YouTube con- contributor in Ref Bands compilation videos, Nigel Owens. Yeah, I, I'm not Nigel Owens. I like I think he refs well, but I'm just not his biggest. I think he kind of makes it about him, which I don't think so. Yeah. Kind of a quality. He does that one that really you don't like. For, but he does that one he, where you don't like where he calls the players by their first name and all that. Hey. Is it you who was bitching yeah. about this? No, no, uh, yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah. Like, I don't like generally first names in life. Uh, so you're a low, <laughs> just low? low? Just low. Oh, how, how into, I went to boarding school, guys, come on. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> no, no, obviously there's a time and place, but like now at, like say, like the office, we have like a... a a first name policy so everyone you know like the ceo kind of oh, okay. everyone everyone gets first yeah. names which some people dig but i, I don't like it I, I like a bit of authority but you know fair enough what can you do yeah, yeah. no but nigel owens good job um did you see was, a, did you see the cool whistle they gave him yeah, yeah amazon gave it to him. amazon gave him those like gold whistles too bad it like got that shit prime video logo engraved on it but it's cool that he had got a gold whistle for it did you no, see this cool. video of the i think it was the the ireland england game no. he just mentions amazon prize primes the boys about 15 times really i must still watch it <laughs> yeah. i still need to watch the second season though i'm keen to though um i need to use my, Ooh, okay. my Use my one month. I need to find another email address for another month free trial. Um. So, so can is it 
regionally locked or can we get so say I get Amazon so we Prime locked can I out. still get Autumn Nations even though I can get, even though Super Sport sort of has it in my region no we are locked out because remember this is why this is how Amazon accidentally unified Ireland because Amazon oh. only has UK broadcast rights okay yeah so they've only got UK broadcast rights by the looks of it so like this chunks I, of like i think they also have because i couldn't i couldn't get it on french tv actually so i oh, think they, they might, might have, have european um, overlap yeah they might have it for the whole of europe okay that's interesting but yeah well um, maybe i just like i really battle to get i don't understand the french tv so they have you know numbers like any yeah. tv channels and like Une or whatever. four five six seven are sport okay yeah that's fine you know whatever numbers you want can be sport but then then there's no sport, and then 99 is sport again. 99, 100, 101, and 102 is also sport. <laughs> what that the is fuck? A bit confusing. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's really. And they have like so many like shows like Boots and All. They have like 300. 300 versions <laughs> of Frenchmen just chatting shit. Yeah, <laughs> but they do play that cool kind of game with you know like they have that sort of flinger thing and they throw the ball against the wall. Oh, that like no, is it that half half rugby ball looking thing? No, no. So it's sort of like squash, I guess. Except there's only one side wall, and then they have like a it's like a sort of a basket thing which is shaped like. Oh a, shit! I know what you're talking about. And they and they like hurl. It's like a hockey ball on it. That thing fucking wh whips out of there. Oh yeah, yes, the, with the weird scoopy wall, thing. Yeah. With like a scoop, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, so they have that sometimes. I watched that for like three hours the other day. No idea what's happening. <laughs> I was, uh, the only time I saw it was on Jackass, and Johnny Knoxville, I remember, got fucking winged by that thing. Yeah, yeah but I think it goes like more than like 100 kilometers an hour. Or so. it, like, it flies. Yeah, no, I know. It's the world's fastest ball, I think. Like in a sport. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, um, if anyone is thinking of getting Canal Plus, which is the name of the, the French TV, I would highly recommend watching that on Channel 99. The ball where they just whip the absolute shit out of the, the ball, the sport, sorry. Yeah, I hadn't really, in my time watching it, I, I didn't really derive much strategy other than... Just throw it as hard like, as you can, just fucking whip it. Yep. Yeah. You just seem to kind of wait for the the other guy to do a, like a weak one, then you like run forward and grab it and just like smash it. Nice. So you just stand there waiting for weakness. Yeah, well, you obviously have to not be weak at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. With that, we can call it. Um, so let's see. Going from refs, let's go to another refs. So apparently this weekend there was a controversial forward pass call. Or was it even a forward pass? And people are discussing what even is a fucking forward pass still. So. Uh, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. That sounds like an every week discussion, to be fair. Yeah, so it's during Ireland's flaccid win over Georgia in the Autumn Nations Cup, a superb pass from Jacob Scottdale appeared to put centre Stuart McCloskey in for what looked like all eyes to be a perfectly good try in the 39th minute. However, the ref called it forwards. I think it travelled forwards by the time he got it, but obviously the ruling isn't how it travels. It's almost up the back of the hands or whatever, but yeah. I think, yeah, the wording was at no point does the ball go backwards, which is most most passes in fucking rugby. 
that's actually that's actually not a not a bad way to look because obviously what people say is because of like inertia yeah if you're running forward even if you fast backwards the ball will continue like on the Carrying sort of forward yeah forward, kind of yeah. carry its momentum so a ball will naturally drift forward even if thrown backwards if the guy carrying it is running forwards yeah so I quite like this at no point did the ball travel backwards sort of idea. Yeah, because you've essentially got to whip what, it. As a judgment or? Yeah, but Pardon? that's tricky. As a judgment, it's tricky to do because of the angles and shit. Because I think this one was thrown across the halfway line. So it was like, my perfect, like there's the line. You can see it just never went backwards over that line. I, I, I kind of think we, everyone sort of intuitively knows what a forward pass is, but it's very hard I, I to define. Like <laughs> I have less faith in the average rugby fan than that. Yeah, no, the average no, rugby fan. Because, yeah, no one. Because the, the ruling is the hands, isn't it? Like, as long as your yeah, hands. Yeah, I mean, that's, are, that's what it. Your hands that's are. That's surely the simplest thing. Yeah. Now, there is a video here for. Backwards out the hand, yeah. Yeah, there is a IRB.com. Yeah, but backwards out the hand is that at, at no point did it travel backwards sort of thing it's the same it's just a different way of saying it yeah yeah well it should be I mean, it's like backwards relative to the carrier not relative to the touchline yeah yeah you know the problem is that the, the tackler throws the pass and gets smashed backwards suddenly it's difficult to judge you know yeah that too <laughs> um, that's yeah. why they must use that you know they must use analytics so you can track the progress like to, to visually superimpose the, 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 the same momentum of the carrier and then you can relate the ball to that. And as long as it stays behind where the superimposed carrier is, then you're fine. So what you're saying is you're going to have like... It would like kind one... of be as long as, as long as the ball travels forward at a slower rate than the person who running, passed yeah. it was running. Yeah. So yes. we're going to implement like ghost cars like in Need for Speed when you did those time trials. And you had that ghost exactly. car that you're chasing. Essentially, we're just going to have ghost, ghost wings cruising down the field. Or centers and actually centers and fly-offs, I think, throw more. Fucking... That would finally solve the problem, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole holographic kind of army. Just like a holographic. <laughs> We've got the technology now. Um, I no, just... but I also, I don't know, I just find kind of, especially in a game like, have you read any sort of media on the Irish-Georgia game? Um, it sounds yeah, like it was such a turgid game, yeah. Well, it's like Ireland played so shit, they still managed to pretty much dick on Georgia. Georgia obviously just lost because they shit. The ref was shit because he's like, it was just, it's just so like, it's just just well, negative, like 17, 10. They didn't dick on them shit, I thought. Yeah, no, was Georgia 20, also 25, 10 or whatever. Like, it was, like Georgia wasn't out of it till like the 60th odd minute. Yeah, when did Gogatsa go down? Because I hear that's quite a big one. He, he, by the sounds of it, fucked up his knee. Something seriously now. Yeah, they reckon he's done. Yeah. 23-10, yeah. But that's not the first thing that pops up if you Google Ireland, Georgia. A soccer thing what? comes up first, I think. I was going to say... It is, it is something I have found a, a few times, like, lately, like, Googling stuff. I get the football. I'm like, come on. No come one on. cares. Come on, Google. Yeah, especially especially if you Google, like... like like England, England, Italy, England, Ireland, England, Wales, you almost always get the football. Yeah. Google has... Google to although oh. Google has learned me well enough, it starts just intuitively giving me the scores on my home screen of mo most of the games. 
Like it's seen yeah, me Google in no, but I, I, I told Google I like rugby, so oh. it, like it gives me rugby scores. Okay. But I, this is when I'm just like Googling, when I'm like trying yeah. to figure out what time it's on or whatever. Oh yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Um, let's see, more more strange ref refing this yeah, weekend. There's, a couple there. there's another one <laughs> I want to bring up. Um, is Gareth Evans copying a red card after being subbed? But obviously that was just by timing. Um, but yeah, he... yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't like we were kind of speculating on this, and we were sort of hoping he'd sort of punch the touch judge on his way off or something. <laughs> but no, he um, he just basically while they were TMOing it, they took him he... off. So what happens? No, he's, he was, uh... His replacement has to then leave the field. Yeah, he, I'm he, not. He was... uh, yeah, I would guess just any player would have to leave the field. Basically. Yeah, someone has to leave the field. Yeah, someone, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we I mean we definitely did that internally a couple of times where someone does something a bit dodgy and quickly subs and stuff off the red card line. Guys, I'll meet you in the pub. Just like, no, I'm especially just gonna... in, um, like I guess internal leagues because internal league at least we had numbers. Yeah. But you know, like schoolboy, yeah. where I don't know my my school at least we didn't have numbers. Only the first team had numbers. Yeah. So yeah, you I sort think... of. Um, you, uh, fuck, which one was it? It's that one with the brown hair. Yeah. God, the grey scrum cap. The, uh, the grey Gilbert scrum cap, the most generic item in South African schoolboy sport. Uh, or, or the black headstock one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I had the black Canterbury one, actually. Fuck, I was stood out like a motherfucker. <laughs> Although it's fine, you just play with a team. You're like, you're like a pro- you're hair with peroxide. You're like a player with peroxide hair, so you stand out more. Yeah. I also had longer. Did, did I had longer hair at that point, so it like old Victor Matfield style, with like stuck out like at various points in the scrum cap. <laughs> uh, did you do the Did you do the Eben where you put on a scrum cap while you're warming up, so your hair's all pokey, but then actually don't play in the scrum cap? No, I played. I played That's in the scrum thing. cap. Ah, okay. I was a good boy. I also played with my gum guards, unlike Adi Severe. Yeah, did you see? Like, it's actually created a bit of a stir. Like, I didn't even, like, so, guess I'm going to recommend my thought to it, but I didn't really know there was a rule about that. I thought you could kind of... So, by the looks of it... It's like a New Zealand rule. Yeah, it's like it's a like New a, Zealand a, player's contract. Uh, like, part of their contract is they'll play with the, the gum guards in. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, no, it's... it's, it's, it's back it. Yeah. Although yeah, I'm just like, watching uh, the, the highlights of the New Zealand game now. I can see Ardy's got his in, but TJ is celebrating a try, and he, unless he took his gum guard out immediately before celebrating, he's not wearing one. Yeah, that's the thing. They always Camp cuff like one or two. Way. But yeah, obviously, because Ardy Severe, yeah, I don't want to say that they're targeting him, but they're targeting him, clearly. He's he's the, he's the um, what's his... Oh, he's, it's the second time he's been caught out for it, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, did get yeah, but, but it, it is quite weird because he was the one who like was you know my safety is so important I'm going to wear these silly goggle things for like two minutes yeah. <laughs> yeah, for 40 seconds fucking first contact no these things are shit throws him down <laughs> but, but do you think he would have like like because he actually spoke about that in his gum guard you know when he was right into the, uh, you know, yeah. addressing it and he was saying like um yeah, he's like, yeah, it was quite a bad time to try all them because, you know, it was like Japan and it was really humid. And I was like, but surely you tried in practice before? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'd think so. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was... 
a bit weird generally. Speaking of fuck shows, let's talk go. about the other two weird ref calls. Oh, you want to do the okay? So, do the other two like ref the calls. The Lomax and the Jacques Van Royen. Yeah. I don't know if there's too much discussion there. I mean, I just think there was just two yeah, well, very rough calls. Yeah, <laughs> we can do them. I think I was thought of doing those two at least when we cover the games, but because I don't oh, think we're going to cover the. We can cover those two then. Um, what I want to do is highlight the fuck show that is the sale of Newlands, which apparently just cannot go on. <laughs> I haven't seen the latest on this. What's what's happened now? Um, who's it now? Uh, what's his face? That not Maria, the other cat. Um, Rasul. He's now filed another letter saying they've undervalued the the properties to get it through on the deal that they should have been valued at like 300 and something million, but the, according to the deals. They valued at like 112 million, and so so he's now trying to block that sale with um, flight F L Y T with them, whatever. To be to be honest, it does sound very undervalued. Oh look, it is. Even if it's 100 100 million, it's it's such a factor. Because I would I would say like, because like the other day we had a one of our clients had a wine farm which we had valued, and you know it's a farm. Yeah. But you know it's not prime property in any way it's not and fucking it was worth like of fucking it, newlands yeah it was worth like 200 million or something so i'm i'm pretty sure that's not worth more than sort of prime claim on property like yeah i was going to you know 100 meters or whatever yeah i mean fuck. yeah so like yeah i i thought the number for newlands was closer to kind of like a billion rand yeah but they like newlands and brookside on supposed to be I think three ninety and three seventy respectively. And they both at about hundred and twelve by the looks of it. So yeah, there's a fuck up and apparently they are voting as well the uh, Western province R U R F U are voting for board members as well in the next coming week and god I don't know. It's a fuck but up. But isn't isn't Western province, whatever the company that owns Newlands in liquidation. Yeah, they started a new one. Yeah, so that's the thing. There's the company, but then this is um, the uh, w, uh, Western Province Rugby Football Union. So like, essentially the like the weird sort of like statutory body. The that, operating arm, kind of. Yeah, not necessarily the commercial arm, but the actual operating arm. The one that has Adam's favorite favorite amateurs involved. That slow everything down as well that Adam always bitches about. No, no, but but I mean at the point you declare you declare receivership, which they have done, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm sure they have. You lose you know, you don't it's basically it all becomes the um, what they call the business rescue practitioner's decision, doesn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. No, the, or, yeah, in this case, it'd be the... Sorry, I haven't done this since uni. I'm trying to remember. It's but, not bus- no, I don't, you know, no, they're not in business rescue. They, they've <laughs> liquidated it's the fuck what yeah well then it's the liquidator's decision yeah, it's, it's the liquidator it's like... the, no but i'm trying to remember the word it's the, not custodian it is it's business rescue practitioner no man no but they're not in business rescue business rescue you try and actually save the business liquidation is where you just write off everything business rescue is where you like okay. we can salvage this if we if we like handle our debts properly for the next two years or something and someone and then you've got someone running over the books and all that so it's an ancient invest or whatever yeah so it's not but yeah it's a different essentially it's without liquidating the company and starting fresh like you go through a lot of the similar steps but not it's not the same okay well either way like i don't think this is a decision for the stakeholders this is a decision for the yeah no definitely whatever 
the liquidator guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so there's that. I just thought I'd update everyone that this is still ongoing. Shit, this, yeah. <laughs> this is still going on and with no fucking end in sight by the looks of it. Um, although, let's talk about deals that have gone through. So, Sales Sharks have signed JP Dupria. So, this is what they're like, 8th Dupria. <laughs> do, you, do you think they just they're confused like at this point just like... well, to, to copy Squidge's joke on Twitter he's like if he just changes his name to Dupree do you think he'll get a, a contract that's set <laughs> Diamond has his phone number already <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah um, so JP Dupree is touted as being the tallest ever player in Super Rugby and he's going to be the t- third tallest player ever in the Premier League. They've got so he is six ten and what? Six ten's the tallest ever player in Super Rugby. Yeah, yeah it's two, two, two or nine. Two or nine, yeah. So six eleven is Will Carrick Smith and Richard Metcalf at seven feet. Are the two ahead of him? Um, yeah, lad, he played it for the Lions, cheaters for a while. Yeah, I think he got three caps for the actual lines. Is how he got in on this world's world's tallest Super Rugby player, and then played for the Cheetahs. He played oh. Super Rugby Unlocked, didn't he? Or he was signed for them during Super Rugby? I think he was area, maybe so. signed for them during Unlocked. Now, yeah. I don't remember him playing. I don't think he did play, but anyway, <laughs> the world tallest player is a kind of gimmicky thing that I would, you know, I would put him in my fantasy team for. So yeah, Ben would definitely have jumped on that. Um, yeah, I would. He's the, all over the world. He's the 11th South African for sale. But I, I'm sure I read somewhere that all the all the foreign cricketers have to go. Yeah, I don't know. And he's also the, well, that was the thing about Brexit, sure. Yeah, and he's also the 44th um, South African in the Premier in any of the Premiership clubs. So there are a lot of them there. Yeah, but I thought now they're going to be reclassified, so I don't know why they're signing more. But maybe they maybe know they can get around. Doing. Maybe then, yeah, maybe they know the rules are changing or something. Maybe yeah. they've. I'd like to think they know. You'd hope they, they know. know the rules. You'd hope they know. I just like the picture that Rugby Pass used of him in his Lions jersey. There's Akka, Marks. Is that Tecklenburg? No, who's that? In the, I can't tell in the background. But it's clearly an old oh. picture. But he's a fucking. I think he is jumping, but. Akker and Max are like both below his armpits. I think he has <laughs> jumped up a little bit though. It's great marketing. Yeah. So there's that. Probably just the photo that showed Steve Diamond, and he was like, "Cool, I'm in." I want this one. I, I know. Because he's, he's got Akker there. Like he's like he's on the field. I think it's a practice because they're all in peaks. Oh, okay, okay. Unless it's like a super casual game against the Kings, they're like, "Let's put both of us on and see how this goes." <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm sure Marks once uh, once or twice they just say okay you carry on it moves forward and whatever yeah, they just put Marks at like 8 for a bit and see how that goes yeah um, and he played it in school yeah yeah and then who else oh um, Yandre Kreer apparently has been at the Bulls did he play Unlocked no because he was on no, the books for the, he was on the books for the Bulls the entire Super Rugby Unlocked He's come to terms to end his contract, so he's either going to Europe, Japan, or just outright retiring, you know? 
speculation is rife. I, I hate this. You know, when you ever, whenever you see like a rugby pass is particularly guilty of it, but not all. Most news agencies are when they always say box star, blah blah blah, like considers retirement or box star refuses offer. Or, you always know it's going to be the fucking most random Springbok. Like, okay, they at least they, never, they, they at least refer to him as Bucklock, career potentially back on the market. But he's not the Bucklock. The Bucklocks are like we have like seven in the World Cup squad, yeah. like, and none no, of them he, were. He hasn't been a Bucklock since what 2013, 2014. Yeah, most probably he's 35. He's fucking ancient. Yeah, he played in between 2011, yeah, so 20, 2013. Seven years ago, he hasn't been a Buck. 31. No, exactly. 31 caps, though, not bad for him. They refer no, to no, I mean, he was a staple in the side for a while, but, like, he was never, you know, a book legend or mm-hmm. anything. No, they, they did avoid that. They used the term veteran, which is fair. He is old. Yeah, yeah 31 caps, you can claim well, veteran. He, played, he played as an older person, which he didn't. He played when he was 26 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so there's that. Um... Next. I'm very critical of rugby media. I appreciate that. And let's keep this critical eye going and economics talk. So do you guys have you guys heard of the Pacific Islander documentary called Oceans Apart? I've heard everyone on Twitter was talking about it. Apparently it's very good. Yeah, I so I bumped a, I st- scra- uh, stumbled across an article on it and I'm this close to trying to work out how we can organize like a Cape Town watch party or something like amongst uh, the hosts who are in Cape Town or something to justify because you've got to spend I think like five dollars or something to watch it because it's like on Amazon or Vimeo but one of the facts so I just wanted to bring it up because it's interesting that one of the facts they claim and why and sort of what's part of the root cause of why uh, corruption and all that is in so deeply entrenched in the Pacific Islands rugby is that uh, rag- income money coming in from rugby is equal to up to 20% of the Pacific Islands GDP. Oh my gosh! Which, to put in perspective, o- OPEC countries have a GDP from oil of between nine to 45%. So like they like in the middle of like OPEC reliance on a single resource. That's and that that resource is literally their their players playing overseas rugby. Do you remember? Fuck, who was it? I think it was Tevez, the footballer. Yeah. He was. He was essentially he didn't. He didn't belong to a club. He was basically his contract, his playing rights, whatever you call it, was was actually owned by by a company like okay. a you know like an investment firm or whatever and then any club that wanted Tevez would effectively loan loan him from that investment firm if you know what I mean yeah maybe Fiji could get onto this sort of business model say as a if you want to you know be Fijian they own their players and so you want you know you want a Fiji a Fijian to go play in France you need to pay the Fijian government X amount yeah but you see that's also the problem because it's so tightly tied into their government already that there's all that kickbacks and that was it which who was it that had the fucking brother that committed murder or something was it Fiji 
One of the Fiji of um, Fijian officials. Didn't Georgia? Georgia had someone Georgia shot someone shot, in yeah, Georgia um, shot someone in the I, know, I know what Matt's talking about, but yeah. If somewhere there, if there's like an official who was like, who's essentially one of the like rug, the heads of rugby. I, I'm speaking allegedly and all that because I fucking don't know my fact right now. He was basically but I do linked, the story. linked to a murder or whatever. It was not. It was during... It was boiled up during oh, the World Cup. It was one of the presidents of Fiji, I think. Yeah, like I think, the, I think yeah, the president yeah. of Fiji also is like the president of like Fijian rugby or something as well. Yeah, there's like a whole, whole bunch of dodgy stuff all tied in together. Like, yeah. But how, how do they generate this money from rugby? Is it just so rugby the, players basically sending back yeah, money to their exactly family? Yeah, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. They all send their money back to their family. They basically build like houses for everyone in their family and extended community centers, outreach things, and that. Like these guys are literally funneling cash into the islands back home. That's good on them, but obviously yeah. it's not a I mean, it's, it's not an ideal way to run an economy. No, it's really yeah, not. exactly. It's a terrible bubble to base your entire economy on. So the article I read raised the quite an quite an interesting point of view for. So, on Israel Falah, obviously, he being the highest earning um, Australian, uh, how much money... I was going to say he's the highest earning homophobe, but they're definitely homophobes that earn way more. Oh, definitely. I mean, most of those evangelical (laughs) fucking preachers in the US. I was just just thinking of that that evangelical guy who, like, did that ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, Trump lost the election thing. Um, He's the fucker who also refuses to fly commercial because he's like he he owns private planes and chartered planes because he refuses he says he can't keep his schedule if he has to fly commercial so he spends he has enough cash to fucking charter planes everywhere anyway so they're saying them so the impact on falau losing his contract to like the economy was fucking massive oh so falau sends money back to fiji apparently so Oh, nice for yeah. and Charles, I'll forgive you for everything. No, I don't. I still think it's the, it was the right <laughs> call. I still think it's the That's right really call. Sending to Fiji since he's told him. Yeah. So maybe it's, it's some other money yeah. that he's sending it. I don't know. It's everywhere. Um, uh, I wouldn't give him a bit. But yeah, and Charles Pietar, so he earns 290 times the average Tongan salary. He's current English... English club salary I'm just, oh, well. I'm just throwing out some tidbits here in this article while we are but yeah I, I actually do want to see if I can organize to watch this at some point somewhere because it does look like it could be interesting and also make me feel shit about myself as well for like enjoying watching the Pacific Islanders play in Europe and all that I don't know. It seems like, like so far, it hasn't. It doesn't seem like a negative thing because I don't, though they you seem, know, they, they don't seem to Fiji, discuss that money doesn't get into Fiji. Yeah, but they also discuss like there's this undercurrent of like, like, um, the whole corruption undercurrent of how this money gets like fucked around with and that when it does come back, like the guys taking cuts and that, like was, because I know. Yeah, but that doesn't seem like that's not the European League's fault. Yeah, I know, but it's there. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's also like the scouts and that to get name called in this as well. But anyway, um, let's go. Look, anything about agents and scouts just feels dirty, particularly yeah. in rugby. Yeah. I mean, so, probably in most sports. So, so, do you want to do some lighter news? 
But we're such a hard-hitting show, man. How okay. can we possibly lighten the tone? I've got it. I've got it here. Our favorite Twitter follower, JP Smith, and his twin brother, Ruan Smith, have signed new contracts. Do you guys want to guess for who? Both for the same team? MLR. Same team. Same team. MLR, yes. Uh, where was um, East at? One of the, one of the uh, new oh, teams. Oh, Glory. Yeah, Ben's closer. It's oh. one of the new teams. All Glory oh, played last cool. year. Except they signed for so, they signed for the Guiltinis, the LA side. <laughs> nice. Shame. So I wonder. I don't, I don't know if they look like they fit into the LA lifestyle. I oh, no, they don't. But they've the Guiltinis just got like a decent front row all of a sudden though. Which in America I can imagine is gold. Yeah, because I mean then, because I mean imagine remember how how jazzed Washington was picking up Beast. These guys got two props. Yeah, but I think they're more jazz that it was beast. Yeah, no, not true. Necessarily, they weren't just happy to get a prop, man. Yeah, no, fair. They did get beast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wonder who's going to be who's running their Burivos company in Australia when they go. Oh, do you think they? Do you think they're gonna? Do you think they're gonna start a Burivos company in America? That'd be that'd be dope, like LA Burivos. Yeah, like like high end burrows, like come come eat burrows wearing your cotton pants. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, it could be fun. So they calling it a bucket list opportunity. So I assume just the the idea of living in the U.S. for a bit. Yeah, fuck. South Africans love different passports. I can't blame them. Yeah, just live there for a while before they're. Ret- I I think this is about to be. This is sort of their swan song end of their career because they're both in there. They're both 30. So not not over the hill, but I think for their level, it's pretty much the end of their career. No, no. Just three years in America. Be yeah, good. three years in America. Make a name for themselves as the big twins. Good on them. And good on them. So the, they're not the only ones looking for an American passport, as Ben put out. Um, so wait, let me find the name of the company. So there's a... WWS Scout Company, oh Scout Camp. So what are they called? They are worldwide, yeah, worldwide scholarships. Setting up a camp 14 December to see if they can poach some prime South African talent to go over to the US to play NFL. Who do you think is quite keen to show what he's got and make the jump to NFL? Hmm. Like a proper rugby player? Yeah, proper rugby player. I'll give you a hint. He kicked. He's going to go over as a kicker. It's Derek Hogarth. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's Derek Hogarth. At 38, he's going to try and shoot over to the to the US as a kicker. What, when did, how old was Nas when he went over? I don't know. But yeah, so he's going to, I this, don't know. He's going to the trial camp in December. The... To be honest, kicking something that you can kind of should be able to do until quite old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I mean, Brady's not that young either at the moment. And he, he, he doesn't kick. He's a, he's a quarterback. He's yeah, like so he's man. in there. So that's what I'm saying. Like, as a kicker, I'm pretty sure. But, but what has Hocott done for the last... Nothing. He's, since he fucked yeah, up his knee, he's done nothing. He's been rehabbing his knee, according to this article. But, like, last I heard about him was, like, 2010. 2012 is when he fucked up his leg. 
But yeah, so for the last eight years, he's done nothing. Oh. Yeah. How, how does yeah. he... Surely he must have to get a day job at this point? No, no you may, I don't know. Maybe he just like lives off... In, by being Derek Hochard in Pretoria. He can just get by like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Adam subsidizes him? Adam bumps into him and is like, hey, let me get you a drink there, big guy. Hey, Derek, you, you want 25 rand? Here you go. Yeah. I don't know. see. There was somewhere. Yeah, anyway. um, I think that's the news. We can go into the stories for the weekend, unless you guys, there's something I missed. We can go into the games. I got nothing. And have you seen anything? Mm, nope, I'm good. Okay, then let's go to the games. Let's start with. Let's actually let's just because I think it's the one none of us watched. Actually, no, I think you watched it. The Mitre Ten Cup final, Auckland and Tasman Macos. So as far as I understand, Macos took it from Auckland, and are back-to-back winners. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a close game for most of it um, like the first I mean like the final score was only like 13-12 or something but there was, it was very tense and lots of penalties traded and stuff yeah, yeah not, the, not the best game to watch I suppose but yeah it was I mean exciting from a closeness of the scoreline perspective okay. it's quite uh, it's quite weird how in these you know like Mitre 10 is known as like an incredible like running tournament yeah. You know, like the average score is probably like 35, 30 sort of thing. But yeah. even in the final, they sort of, both teams sort of close up. Yeah. That's Which kind of makes you wonder if kind of teams kind of instinctively know that There's running pro- rugby isn't actually what's going to win you the thing. Yeah, when it comes to when it comes to finals, you're not going to play the risky flamboyant rugby. You're going to play the tight, close game that you can at least no, control it, as many variables as possible. Yeah, but like there's sort of the the why changer sort of a winning formula sort yeah. of argument. Well, fair enough. Because surely if you've been you know you've made it this far playing running rugby, and then you just you know last minute decide okay, you know now nah, we're gonna suddenly play this completely different conservative game. No, fair enough. Then sort of who plays this unnatural game better wins the final yeah. Yeah, this game that no one has played the entire season up until this point yeah. that's a very valid point yeah. um, also in this news we should also shout out to Ash Dixon for carrying Hawks Bay into promotion as they won their championship won their third championship title in the last nine years they beat Northland much more, much more, much more open. Thirty-six, twenty-four. Oh. So yeah, Ash Dixon having That's good. having a year after COVID. I like I like how vibrant their promotion relegation is. Yeah. I also like that they have promotion. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, anyone with promotion relegation is worth talking about. Yeah, but, but you know, like say say like the. What do you say? Sorry, then go. So you say if they put promotion relegation in the Curry Cup, it would just be like, oh, ooh. Well, they try and do it every yeah. year, every year, but it's like at a point where the one team's the the team fighting because the championship always ends before the 
the Premier League, the first division always ends before Premier Division. So they're like, it's always at like shit, some shit time of the year or whatever. And like the championship side, like half their guys are almost out of contract and that already. So they don't have insurance and that. So it's always a fuck up for the championship side trying to get promoted. And also, I think, I, mean, I, 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 I think though, it shouldn't, it should always be, if you win your league, it should always be automatic promotion. You shouldn't play for and it. And then the second and second, second and last should play off. Yeah, I like that idea. Because that's a more sure thing to win or lose. And then if you lost, if you came last, you deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my comment is that in, I think it doesn't work in South Africa. Is a problem, in an extent, I think our country is just too big. Yeah. Like, jig, physically too big. So, you know, you can't, to, you can't play for, like, uh, at different team because you just have to geographically move so, you know you got to just go to one of the games and then just stay there you know, there's yeah. no like incentive to move around and, or, or stay at home in the same way that, as you can in New Zealand you know? yeah um, so that's why so, and then that just means that you've got this huge disparity in, in quality between your top teams and your bottom teams yeah you've got um, that sort of city wealth drain well, yeah, exactly. it's, it's right. almost like the more desirable a place is to live, the better the team will be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one really wants to live, move permanently to Nelspray to go play for the Pumas. You know, you go there for maybe yeah. a year or two, hoping you can make a name so you can then go to one of the bigger cities, you know. Yeah. Hopefully. Like, hopefully you can get a contract. Because I feel like I want to play for the Pumas forever. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's yeah. as much as I mean, Jimmy Stonehouse has as much as said that. Like. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. If you are a hundred cap Puma player, something's probably gone wrong in your career. Like, or just yeah, your head's not in the game properly. Yeah, you just love Sprite. You just love being that close to Kruger Park. Yeah, clearly. Um, other games, most of us most probably didn't watch some of the Autumn Nations Cup results. So, as previously discussed, Ireland 23-10 over Georgia. France thumped Italy, and Wales. It's good to see France actually kind of perform to standard. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. And Wales narrowly losing to. Well, I say narrowly. It's like two tries to England. It was a, It felt narrower than yeah, the score. Thirteen twenty-four. Fiji still carrying on losing. Scotland winning twenty-eight zero. Oh fuck! I read an article about that. So, do you know how many guys in the Fiji camp have tested positive now? Surely all of them by now. 29 of them. They're 29 positive cases. So they're hoping that they all get the all clear by Monday that so that they can play Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah they, so it's the final series. Yeah. They going they by virtue of coming fourth in their pool they get to play Georgia. Oh, so then it's, it's like bottom plays bottom, top plays, plays top, yeah. Top. And so forth. I think bottom plays bottom, and then there's a bit of a playoff fee sort of to determine who plays. So they're not straight top plays top or whatever. I think it's then it's like yeah. a, the other three teams in each pool get a bit of a play around extra. Do you think this, this whole game? Do you think this whole Fiji getting kind of taken out sort of kind of points out that the Autumn Nations Cup wasn't actually the best idea? 
Yeah, I don't know. It's sh it's shit because you like you feel for Fiji because now all those cats they've been locked in. They've been on basically quarantine in a hotel for how many weeks? This has gone on for like four weeks now. Because mm. they've missed every single game now, so they've yeah missed out about four at least four weeks. They've just not been stuck there. Fiji obviously can't can't fucking pay them their full salary, and they get they're not getting match fees obviously for the shit. And they're probably losing out their club fees as well. Yeah, they're losing out their club fees. It's a massive fuck up. Like I think the only person who's most probably yeah I was gonna say Nadolos most probably the only one who's sort of comfortable. In, in this but even him he's most probably stressing a bit he's just probably very annoying he's like damn it I came out of retirement to sit in a hotel yeah fuck I, I wonder if there's a, a measurable uh, dip in the Fijian economy because of this well we'll see now we'll see in like two or three months time has Fiji entered a technical recession because of this yeah, we'll check that we'll, if only Alex were here to be able to check the Fijian drawer and what the cost of living in in Fiji is right now compared to say that that hotel in France. <laughs> I don't want to see that. That was, I mean, I, yeah, that was a, when I was in France at the start of March. Like the reason I got out of there was just like I do not want to even think about staying in a French hotel for two weeks or three weeks or have a long. I mean, at that stage, you know, we thought it was only going to be a couple of weeks of lockdown. Yeah, Jesus, you'd have been stuck there for months. You'd have been poor. I would have been much more than poor, I think. Yeah, you'd be destitute. <laughs> like France would have sent you back somehow on their own. They'd be, they'd like found a way to send you back as like a diplomatic refugee. Yeah. Um... It's weird though. I remember I was looking back at some point, looking back, you know, like a a client emailed me from a, like an email thread like way back, and I said, yeah, Mauritius is into lockdown, but we'll be out in two weeks. Like that was like my exact like quote for quote. I was like, yeah, nice. That I was very really ambitious. Everyone's to be fair. Bold, bold, man. But yeah, you guys were fairly quick though. Yeah, no, no, we. I, I didn't tell you we had a case. Somehow someone broke quarantine or something. Uh, it's that frozen food. It's the frozen food comes in on frozen food, then. No, no, it was like they traced it to someone. Like he did quarantine, but, but then he, um. Somehow he did it 14 days, but he somehow had it when he came out. Evolving, evolving guys. Yeah, well, yeah and then. Well, they wiping up. And he went to like all. He went to like all the places I go. Nice. So you've so, like, got my it. My favorite burger place has been shut down for two weeks. And, oh, so you've got it, Ben. Uh, probably not, but maybe. Can you can you smell things still? Have you tasted yes, tested a whole bunch of different alcohols to make sure that you can taste? <laughs> can confirm I can smell it and taste. Have you seen? Have you see, speaking of smelling though? Um, so on Amazon, there's been a notable decline in or in re user reviews for certain or like the, their top five selling scented candles. People complaining that these candles don't smell as much as they used to or don't smell anymore <laughs> since COVID oh, really? hit. Yeah, like since COVID hit, like people are like, I can't smell. So like everyone's just like, go get tested. Stop saying you can't smell this candle. Go get fucking tested. <laughs> I love it up with people like on like Google reviews, like like blame just like the product for like unrelated factors. It's like this product was delivered late, two out of ten, or like yeah, like the crew, oh, like this product. This fridge that doesn't fit in my kitchen therefore yeah 2 out of yeah. 10 doesn't I measured like shit 
I got lost on my way to this restaurant. One out of ten. It's like, what? It's not related, man. Nice. Yeah. um, So, unrelatedly, let's move on to Netherlands versus All Blacks. In rugby league. (laughs) In rugby, no. So, no. What was the the rugby league match? Was I think um, one was, of the one of the bloody games? Or was yeah, it? Yeah, it was like two or three weeks ago. I think, or maybe it was the Australia Argentina game, or the first New Zealand Argentina yes. game. I think it was. I think it lines Argentina, up with the anyway. Argentina New Zealand. It was, was definitely. It must have been one of the. It must have been one of the the um, Tri Nations games because it was in Australia. Yeah, it couldn't have been. Yeah. No, well, bloody three was in Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. And bloody four. I fucking love extra bloody games. Um, but yeah, so it turns out it wasn't Netherlands, but actually Argentina playing their sec, their home match against the All Blacks by the looks of it, as Rugby Pass has the setup. And yeah, so sadly it looks like New Zealand took it and beat Argentina. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Anyone want to fire off on this game? Um, just generally, I don't think this proves much because what we have been saying about New Zealand, what Ben said in a fantastic hot take, was that New Zealand are the new France fact. Um, so like, you know, New Zealand, like no one was, none of the criticism was coming like on, on their good days. It's the problem is on their bad days. New Zealand, just the, the drop off's huge. Yeah. So to me, this didn't prove too much because this was just a New Zealand good day. Yeah. Yeah, and it was inevitable that Argentina were going to drop off after you know they, the first game they had motivation, the second game they had to prove that they could would, keep it up, you know, back it up. Like they were going to drop off. They're not, a, you know, they're not a top three team in the world that can perform at that level every single week. That's yeah. just not who they are at this stage. So they were going to lose at one stage and. New Zealand are the team that's going to put 40 on them when they do, um, when they are off that game. But the fact that it took New Zealand till the 70th minute to break 20 points, you know, I think that's still really, really good for Argentina. You know, the fact that they were 10, kept them at 10-0 at half time and stuff like yeah, that had I think incredible it was still defense. A good Argentina performance, and then you know, Will Jordan just did Will Jordan things, which is not Argentina's fault. Yeah. No, definitely. I would not blame Argentina right. for this performance. Um, so yeah, so that's the thing. Um, that where I brought up that post from Rugby Pass on Instagram, where like 80% of the Rugby Pass fans felt that New Zealand was using their new their new players effectively. I feel like this proves that they didn't. In that Will jo- this I mean, how long did it take us to actually see Will Jordan on come onto the field significantly and how much of an impact did he actually make when he came on finally? This is like their sixth fucking match. And Akira. And Akira actually getting a chance to play a whole game. So I really think that there's yeah. a lot of blinders. It's like, okay, cool, they won their last ge- their last game of six internationals now in this series. And yes, they, they won it by using these guys, but when they didn't use these guys, which is the majority of the time, they were pitiful. To say the least. Sorry, um, yeah, like I don't know, like it's one of these things where they, you know, Will Jordan's debut, 
he came on in what was it, the 76th minute or whatever. And then like immediately left. Yeah, like what was even the point of playing him that game then? Yeah, exactly. It's a nice, it's a joke. And yeah, Caleb. I never Pla- understand when when coaches do that. Um, I must admit, it irritates me. Like even Caleb Clark, who's what his first game as well. He came on late and they didn't. He made one or two mistakes, but thankfully he has been a revelation on the wing. He's been one of the the better things in the back line, I, I reckon. Squidge is unimpressed, eh? Is he? Unimpressed by Clark. I thought he had very good... And the last yeah. two games, I think his Australian leg wasn't that great. I think his New Zealand leg was better. Yeah, look, his first game was incredible. And then, you know, it, and that is just, I think, the anomaly. But he's been very good at Clarky type things in that he's got a really strong leg drive. He looks yeah. for a lot of work. Yeah. And he made, I think, the second most carries in the all-black team. You know, so he's doing a lot of really good stuff. No, he's not going to be breaking you know 10 tackles a game every game that, but that's unreasonable to expect that but yeah. the fact that he's breaking you know make, making meters every carry he makes that's really important yeah. and i think i mean look i think he can be fairly criticized for that try that he should have scored yeah. you know most wingers should be expected to score that and he didn't and that's a fair black mark against his name but apart from that i think you know he's been good but i think it's just that expectations were set so high after that first performance which was just unreasonable yeah but yeah um, let's look it's also because we don't want to fall in the trap of just shitting on New Zealand having a bad day let's actually discuss Argentina as well so I think yeah material it's fun that even when New Zealand are 40 we can still shit on them for 10 minutes yeah we can still be like oh fuck this is a terrible side man fuck look at them can't even get 40 points 38 Jesus amateurs <laughs> fucking know nothing about rugby these cats um, but yeah, Argentina, I reckon, did really well for a side that hadn't played rugby for six months, essentially, and had to like warm up. Like, okay, because like, we've got to be careful with that narrative as well, because some of them did play a bit of Premier League in Europe and so forth. But uh, for the vast majority of them, they've done nothing but like at home exercises. And they did, and they played, I think, Uruguay once. Like a friendly. If they played like a Waratahs team or something, an Australian A side, I think that's like a warm up. But I mean, like, yeah. New Zealand have been playing, you know, they played 10 weeks of rugby plus some minor 10 plus. Plus um, a North South derby. And a whole bunch of test matches, you know. It's like, yeah. You can't suggest that they're even vaguely on the same level of preparation. And to compare that, how long did fucking Argentina keep New Zealand out from scoring? How many, like, there were like so many times where like they were on the five meter line and. The Argentinian defense held up so nicely. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I still think Argentina can be proud of that performance. Yeah. I didn't actually see any of the post-match interviews, so I'd be interested to see what their takes were. But yeah, and I think they can be. No, that's I and I sincerely hope that they manage to pull off a win against Australia next weekend. Yeah, it's it's just it's frustrating. It's, it's sad that now New Zealand, you know, had are so far ahead, like on the on the log. Cause on it's the annoying log. that like. Because, yeah, they really don't deserve to take it. No. Like, I'd rather give... Mitch, cover your ears. I'd rather give it to Australia than New Zealand at this point. Oh, definitely. Australia... Yeah, the thing is, because Australia... Like, if you compare it to where teams' baselines, Australia outperformed their baseline. Argentina outperformed their baseline more than Australia. New Zealand are significantly under their baseline. So, therefore, based on that... 
that, yeah. that is the most oh, are, are you suggesting we should implement like a handicap like in golf <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, like if you play like shit so new zealand should come into a match like 15 points behind I mean, that's kind of how the world rankings works in a way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on to more close at home. The Curry Cup matches. So first first round of Curry Cup in Zanzi, but somehow somehow the second round does. Everyone still kept the log standings and points from Super Rugby Zanzi. So is this oh, a new... did they? Yeah. Like someone's... <laughs> Someone said the Stormers are on third on the log and, and dropped down to third in the log and so forth. And I checked there was another one that posted the stats. Super Brew is pretty much calling it the same tournament as well. So, so like, holistically, it's a continuation just, of Super Boom Zanzi. Yeah, they just gave one trophy for franchise winners and then moved on. So, Sharks, how do you, as a Sharks fan, how do you feel at rewriting history where you guys don't get recognized for winning the first half of Super Rugby at all, but then somehow the Bulls get to carry on with this <laughs> momentum into the Curry Cup with their second half of Super Rugby victory. Yeah, I mean, even everyone else got given medals for stuff that wasn't finished, including the Lions only being three points ahead of the Griquas. You know, yeah. so like the Sharks should have got the Super Rugby title, but like, you know, not gonna not gonna bang on that drum too heavily. <laughs> I don't know. The harder you bang on it, the more the the more we have to acknowledge Ben as our draft champion. So. <laughs> oh, guys, I, I was doing so well in draft. It's such bullshit, COVID. Um, and like, also, also, that's... also, I'm very happy if we acknowledge Ben because I don't have to take the wooden spoon at them anymore either. Because we had a look at the standing it's, and it's bird and bird block is uh, had dropped to the low to the bottom of the log in that last week yeah. guys i feel i'm COVID's biggest victim yeah <laughs> and bird block i think feels like he's dodged the biggest bullet somehow that he didn't that no one knew he dodged for like six months <laughs> we, we can start pushing this narrative look i was I happy mean, to I take... it depends what you want more yeah anyway um, let's say Pumas versus Sharks. Pumas were just unlucky in this game. Sharks picked up some nice tries, like good sniping, poaching tries. Like Spoo's both yeah, his I mean, tries. off the bench. Those were crazy. Oh, that tries was... off the bench. Spoo... How many so minutes good. did he play to get man of the match? <laughs> like 15 or 20 or something. And he, he was definitely the man uh, of the match as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, his... his... That first try with that first touch, I mean, that's just insane. Like, the guys haven't played rugby in ages, and just that, inst- well, not even the instinct, but just to back yourself to go for that, to juggle like with that, is really, really was, impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is a, in cl- course, he is a very class act. No, he definitely is. Oh, but he, he was, like, scary focused. Yeah. Ward as well, Ward's try off the try. Fuck, Williams has now led two charge down tries through. I'm this close to dropping him from my squad. I just didn't. His fantasy score was not a. Yeah, but they've mo- it's moving him from fullback to flyer. Fucked his fantasy score. Yeah, no, but no, I mean, he didn't really weird. even like play fly off. Like he just never had the ball. Yeah. Well, he's never play- he doesn't play fly half for them. So it's like a shit move to put him in fly half all of a sudden. Like take one of the twelve. <laughs> Don't play with the fly off. Twelve aren't exactly fly off either. Yeah. yeah. Still. I don't know. Anyway. 
Um, yeah. I mean, Nohamba's try was also fucking cheeky. Nohamba did something where I was like, fuck, he's petulant. Uh, oh, he's, he likes to throw a tantrum. He throws, we, we saw that with that like attempted growing. stamp, but yeah. No, but he did something else this game, and I was like, shit, I must bring that up. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Someone, someone, someone commented in the comments. What was it? Someone tweeted us. Oh, yeah, you can tweet at us. Someone tweeted us. At our old Twitter, Elite Rugby, Yo, Elite oh Band, God, or whatever. So we should announce this at the end, because Adam won't be happy if we don't give it enough glory. Yeah, we'll for, you know, fixing his clear cocker. Yeah, um, so yeah, there was that match. Um, next match was... As Ant alluded, Grequas versus Lions, where Lions just squeaked a win over the Grequas in a game that was called... I, I, I actually, do you know what? I'm going to put out there, I don't think the li- the Lightning robbed Grequas. I think the Lightning robbed the Lions of their bonus point. Yeah, I think so. Because they, they just started getting momentum quite nicely. And then... Yeah, they were definitely... I, I reckon the Grequas, because they were chatting to the Gre- I saw they were chatting to the Grequas CEO and the Lions CEO afterwards. Yeah, I saw that. It was an interesting interview. And like... I was, I, I, in my back of my mind, I can just see the Grequas guy like, no, no, we called it because we knew we were going to lose it worse from after this point. If we had called it, we were going to lose by like five tries. And like, you can just see like in the back of his head, those wheels were spinning. Like, you know. but yeah. Yeah, he was very oh, comfortable. Oh, so, so it was a, it was like a mutual decision. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it was like a decision reach. Yeah. But how, how, how does it? What is the, the time sort of frame or whatever? I suppose you got to say like whether you think it's going to clear up within thirty minutes and then, the players are going to be sufficiently warm still and able to play on a field that's now turned into, ankle deep water. So. Because yeah, normally it's like a 30, I guess it's, yeah. like a thirty-minute break that they normally give it. I was thinking also maybe with the broadcast as well, like maybe yeah. if they ran into the next game. Yeah, if they ran into the next thing. Yeah, I mean that probably does impose some restrictions. Yeah. Although I mean the next game they could have quite happily run into, as far as I'm concerned. God, that was a terrible game. But let's let's yeah. Um, Grickers, I think, played really nice in the beginning, though. They looked sharp and that, and then, yeah, I think just small team fatigue. And then just Lions capitalized on that. Yeah, so it's like, uh, like a quality team always kind of win out. Yeah, it's a, well, not yeah. always, but you. If yeah. they hold on for long enough. And then, yeah, let's go. Last game of the weekend for us was Province versus Bulls. How's that stat, though? To give it away quickly, um, the Bulls. This is their first fucking win at Newlands in like eleven years or something. Yeah, that blew me away. I was like, how the fuck is that possible? It was a bit, I mean, it was a similar in Super Rugby. Remember, there was the first Sharks win over the Bulls in Super Rugby in like seven years or something as well. You know, when you consider you, they play each other twice a year. Like that's nuts. Like, how do you let that happen? Like, how? Where does it fuck does that come from? Uh, anyway. Congrats to the Bulls for finally getting there, I guess. I didn't see this game. I saw highlights of this, and the highlights were terrible. So. Yeah, no, like it was oh, not I, a great I was game. Watching, I was watching England-Wales at the same time. And just every time I flipped to this game, it was a bloody scrum. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I don't... I'm like, scrums aren't my passion, but I, I, I enjoy a good scrum. But it was just... There was only scrums this whole game. Yeah. It, it was not a great game. Um, I, I did watch... It, but yeah, it was 
Messi and I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I made the comment sharing the game, but Willems is just not a great flyer. He got charged down a couple of times, dropped balls, missed like three kicks a goal or four kicks a goal. On halfway, oh, sorry, on half time, he just went for a 60 meter drop goal. Like, why? And he came like 20 meters short. The ball barely cleared the 20. It's just weird. Being Cla- very, yeah. Classic, classic Willems. <sighs> I feel like because that's becoming more the more the thing now than than like old films of old. Yeah, but but when when has he when has he put in a quality performance at at Flyhoff? No, but that's the thing. He was in quality ten performance. You know, he's yeah, done. Yeah. He does five runs occasionally and offloads, but he's never been a ten. Yeah, he's never he's been a, like a, a team general or whatever like that you're looking for from a ten, like game management and all that. He's never been that great at it, and he's. To his credit, he has been trying more at it, but yeah. No, no, but uh, but the thing is, I think he's so talented that he can kind of cover up his. his you know, you can kind of you can kind of be like, okay, he's not kind of managing the game very well, but God, like you know, he's made some great runs or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's lacking recently as well. I mean, uh, he had a couple like that 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 assist he gave for Kalant against. Greek was, was quite nice, you know. Like he's. Yeah. I think I think they should. I think they should try play Halanta too. You think so? What's Sweden? Uh, that's something that's really. To really me, nice Halanta looks like more of a ten than Valencia is. Swill wasn't bad either at ten. That one game they let him play. But that's because Swill is actually a ten. So you know? you, I mean, so like we're surprised the, when we see a ten. The, I suppose. This is maybe the perfect example. I I always use Swill as like my reference point but so, I mean he was what 2011 matric and when his highlight reel came out in out of school you know he was meant to play at schools and then he was like no I don't want me because I want to play England but his his school highlight reel I don't think he makes a single line break or scores a try in his highlight reel it's just him just threading incredible passes and kicks and set making everyone else score tries like and I was like that's the highlight reel a fly-off should have. Mm. Like, yes, I mean, you can have the occasional line break, but I mean, a fly-off's job is to set up other people, and that's what's wielded. But if you compare that to Willems' school highlight reel, it's just him setting and scoring tries by himself. And that is why Sweel, even though he's, you know, he's not nearly as prodigiously talented, I suppose, or has reached the highs that Willems is expected to, he plays like a 10, and Willems are, you know, looks to run himself, and then if he can't do that, he'll throw a pass, and hopefully that sticks sometimes. Yeah. Mm, no, but it's just, it's not good. It's almost like, it's like Ian Foster mentality, like, oh, pick the best guys in whatever position, and they'll, like, make a plan. Like, yeah. So what you're saying, we should switch Willemse and Galant for a match and see how that goes? Well, might as well. Yeah. No, I, I think um, I would... I would say Valencia's skill set suits probably 12 best in that setup. Actually, it's not a bad idea. But then what are we going to do with the... Rickus? Because Rickus isn't half bad at 12. No, Rickus is good at 12, but... He's better and better. Yeah. Yeah. Old Ricketts. No, no, I agree. Oh, no, it's an interesting one. No. Um, Yeah, fuck. Uh, so yeah, that's the start of Carry Cup, and I foresee it going very much like this for the rest of the season, with one or two good games thrown in. I'm excited though; I am going to watch more of it. But yeah, um, I think that. Oh fuck, we didn't talk about the cards. Sorry. Let's discuss um, 
Van Rooyen's card quickly. Sorry, Ant, I forgot. So, Van Rooyen's red in this game. He, so it was a high tackle and for, essentially for sliding up from the shoulder into the head or make, and then making contact with the head, right? Now, I just want to get the oh, phrasing of... We're saying what we yeah no no the, I want to say what the so the card what the card was actually for so what the ref said the card yeah, was for di- direct contact to the head with force with no mitigating factors was the official line okay so it wasn't even a sliding up okay yeah it was no it was direct contact to the head yeah okay so straight contact to the head yeah oh god so yeah so from the replays and that I mean it's clearly evidence that. At best, he hit him in the shoulder and slid up to the head. And I don't think he even made any, any contact. Yeah, well, with that's the, the thing. At, yeah, he didn't really even slide up that. The, the key issue was was when Ruster was describing it. He said direct contact to the head area, yeah. which I suppose generously you could say could include the you know lower part of your shoulder. You could say that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would, but because it was you know it wasn't like it was the top of the shoulder. It was you know the it was definitely on the, the vertical part, not the horizontal part of the shoulder. Yeah. But anyway, he said head area. So then the ref was like, well, head area means head. And so suddenly, direct contact to the head is, is a red card. So what, yeah. you know, the ref on the field did it right. But Ruster should have been like, no, 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 no. By head area, I meant shoulder. Yeah. You know. So that's the issue there. Um, so it was, it was just really poor communication from Ruster. And he should have, when the ref went, no red card, he should have said, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying and try to reiterate. Instead, he just said, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I suppose um, if that's what you're going to do, then fuck it up. And that's, you know, that's just really poor, I thought. Um, and, and then it resulted in a red card, which should never have been a red card. Like, but it's, it's, it's best, quite yeah. weird because, but normally there's a, there's a kind of a, a check where they sort of, the ref will say to the team, okay, so clear red card. And then the team will be like, Yes, I agree. Yeah, and that and that's what happened. Is there, is then in that moment, Russell then suddenly said yes because he originally recommended yellow, and the ref and the ref was like, no, but you said direct contact to the head, which is red, and he's like, okay, red, you know. Yeah, so that's weird. the thing. So there was also not a screen, as far as I can understand, because I well, saw Newlands. So yeah, there no was screen. there was no screen <laughs> either because apparently Newlands didn't pay their TV license or whatever. They don't have a screen anymore. Um, so the ref couldn't review it's, it. It's, it's all part of the, the getting the property value down. Yeah. <laughs> Missing. They, they lost that TV years ago. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no screen for, for the ref to actually review either. Because I'm pretty sure had the ref had the opportunity to see the, the hit on the yeah, shot. Because that, that's now. what Vermeulen, because I sort of saw that in the highlights. Like that's what Vermeulen brought up as well is that no, 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 but truly that, and the ref's like, well, what can we do? We, we can't see it, so we have to take his word for it. Yeah. It was interesting to see the, and, I, and I'm pretty sure because of the result, the, the coaches on both sides were quite circumspect. Like, Jake was obviously like, look, I don't think it's a red, but, you know, we yeah. took the result, and the refs, you know, we, the, AJ Jacobs, he's a decent ref, that is, they said all the right things, but I think it would have been a very different tune if they'd lost the game. Yeah. And similarly, it was interesting to see Dobson. Dobson was also pretty chilled. He was like, he knew yeah, he got like, away you know, with if it. Blown against, if, if he blew it against us, like, we probably also would have been quite bleak about it. Um, yeah. But again, because the result probably came out fair, you know, he wasn't. But it was interesting that both coaches were pretty chilled about um, in the commentary, which are probably because it was the right result match wise. 
Yeah. No, fair enough. Okay, so I think that is now officially the end of the rugby chat. Unless, Ben, you want to say something about this? No, I no. Okay, so let's move on to Twitter talk. Apparently, Adam managed to coax our Twitter account out of lockdown. And let me actually get the handle so that people can actually send us a message now that we've got it. It's at Elite Rugby Bant. So we couldn't even get the whole name. Oh, we definitely could have got the whole name, but Adam just decided to just give us Bant for it. It was stupid. Yeah, so Elite Rugby Bant. Um, yeah, so congrats. Uh, send us feedback there. Chances are Adam will read it for us. So, yeah. Um, please, actually, yeah, blow, blow Twitter up. Maybe maybe if it gets used quite a bit, <laughs> Twitter will... Twitter will be happy with us. And Adam will somehow... No, fuck. It's t- <laughs> our, our Twitter still says we were born on March the 24th. Which well, I, what year? It doesn't say what year, but I think that's... No, no, no March 24th is Adam's birthday. I was going to say, yeah, it's Adam's birthday. So they, they've just given us Adam's birthday. Oh, God. Adam that's is fine. That's better than nothing. Yeah, it's better. Well done, Adam. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate the effort. Well, yes, but we would have, you know, like we would have, we would have also been appreciative. Good job, Adam. Yeah, we would also have been appreciative of yeah. not, not blocking it for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Either way is good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ben, thank you for joining us. Good luck with any more sure. puzzles you're gonna do today. No, I'm actually I'm gonna have to drive to the shops now to buy some fruit at half nine. Half nine. Fuck. Why? What fruit do you need to buy at half past nine? Just oh, fruit, fruit. We only have like seven passion fruits and apple and orange. That's good. That's just a shit smoothie like for the morning. My wife's telling me the shops are closed. Yeah, so you're fucked now, Ben. You're free. I'm not, no, I'm not, because she doesn't know Food Lovers is open till 11. Nice. Nice. <laughs> hero. Hero husband. That's there we go, Ben. Now she's rolling her eyes. Nice. I, I appreciate. I like the. I like the. We, I like the updates we get of like the end of episode, like struggles with Ben and his wife, where she's clear. <laughs> where she's clearly had enough of you <laughs> recording for an hour, and she's just now like throwing eyes at you. We have a happy home life. No good. Good. She I'm doesn't turn around to acknowledge that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. oh, I might have to come sleep on your couch, man. It's a nice sectional. You can come crash it. Yeah, it's chilled. Cool. And thanks for joining. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, Yeah, and everyone else, thanks for listening this far. I appreciate it. And yeah, see you all next week. Or hear you all next week or whatever. Cheers. We won't hear them.